Hey everybody, it's great to have you with us today. I'm so glad we have this chance to connect online. However, if I'm being honest, I'm still not used to this online church thing. I'm still not used to speaking into a camera instead of speaking in a room that's full of people I know and love. But this is our current reality, right? We're all using technology to connect with others more than ever before. And because of that, I want to address a topic that I've never preached on before in all of my time at Plum Creek. I want to talk about our relationship with technology. I want to talk about our screen time. In the past decade, we've been living through a digital revolution, and the coronavirus has only accelerated that revolution. We go through our days staring at these glowing rectangles, our smartphones, our tablets, laptops, TVs. These things are never far away. And in the past month or two, we've been spending more and more time in front of a screen. These things are a huge part of our lives. And when something becomes a big part of your life, there will always be spiritual implications. So today, I want to look at Scripture. And I want to think about how we can be wise in the way that we use technology. And when I say that, I know that some of you may be rolling your eyes. You might be like, oh boy, here it comes. We're about to get a lecture. We're about to get a guilt trip. But I promise you, that's not what this is about. After all, we are seeing right now that technology can be a very positive thing. Our screens have become kind of a lifeline. At the same time, though, we all know that when we go online, there are some serious pitfalls that we want to avoid. So here's the plan. I saw another church that went through a series on this same topic, and I love the title they used. Their series was called Redeem the Screen. And I love this idea. It's really positive. Redeem is a word that refers to taking something that's broken and turning it into something beautiful. And this is what God does. He, he takes broken things and he makes them beautiful. God can take a broken life and make it brand new. So of course, he can take the time that we spend online and redeem that as well. Now, the Bible never says anything about smartphones, but through scripture, God has a way of speaking into every area of our lives. For example, we can look at Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. The Apostle Paul is writing here to a group of Christians in the city of Rome. And here's what he says. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For all of us who follow Jesus, this is our calling. Uh, we, we offer ourselves to God and we say, I'm yours, Lord. I'm giving you control. And then we have to realize that when we truly give God control, we don't just go with the flow of our culture anymore. We don't follow the patterns that we see in the world around us. Instead of just conforming, 
will be transformed. And this applies to every area of our lives. It applies to money. It applies to sexuality. It applies to relationships in general. The world is going to do things one way and God will lead us to live in a different way. And the cool thing is when we don't conform to the pattern of this world and, and when we live according to God's plan, we will end up getting blessed in all kinds of ways. And that makes sense, of course, because God's way is always the best way. So right now we're in this series called Together. And this series is about relationships. And we know that technology has a dramatic effect on our relationships. And a lot of times that effect is positive. But here's the big question. When it comes to technology, and specifically our screen time, how is God leading us to live differently than the rest of the world? Now, obviously, that question has many layers, and there's no way I can deal with this huge topic in depth. But for the moment, let's think about social media. That's pretty relevant since most of you watch this service on either Facebook or YouTube. So what do you think? Overall, is social media a blessing or a curse? Well, when I look back on my experience, I can think of so many cool things that have happened because of social media. Here's one example. Over 10 years ago, right after Luke, our oldest child, was born, I found a book that I used to read as a child. I have it right here. Uh, it's called Bunker Bear, and it was written by a guy named Neil Rabins. As a kid, I loved this book. And so now I was excited to, to read it out loud to our son. But I also remembered a second book that we owned by this same author, and I couldn't find that one. So I Googled this author's name, and I got two results. I did find a Neil Rabins who wrote several children's books, but I also found a Neil Rabins who co-invented the game of Twister. And I thought, oh man, I got to get to the bottom of this. Uh, so I did a quick search on Facebook and I found someone with that name. So I sent him a message and I want to read you what I wrote. I said, I was wondering, is this the Neil W. Rabins who wrote the children's book Bunker Bear? Or is this the Neil W. Rabins who co-invented the game Twister? Or is it possible that you did both? The very next day, I got a response. Neil wrote me back and he said, yes, right on all accounts, Twister and the books. It's kind of fun to get correspondence like this for an 80-year-old geezer. It amazes me how many messages I get from people after all these years who read these books as children. Thank you. You made my day. Now, how cool is that? And just so you know, in the photo, Neil is the guy with glasses there. But thanks to the internet and thanks to social media, I made this really fun and sort of random connection. My message made his day and his response made my day. And this kind of thing would not have happened before the internet, before social media. So that's a glimpse of the positive side. But what are some of the negatives? Well, you don't have to go far to find those examples. Just last week, during the live broadcast of our worship service, 
We had somebody trolling us in the comments and using profanity. And by the way, if that was you and you're watching today, I want you to know that I've been praying for you this week. For real, I want you to know that God loves you. And if you turn to him, he's, he's gonna do some great things in your life. But anyway, back to social media. Uh, that is one downside. Uh, there are plenty of people who go online and they choose to be negative. But we need to mention another negative side effect. Have you ever had the experience of trying to talk to someone, but the other person is staring at their phone instead of you? I've had that experience. Or have you ever been that person looking at your phone and not quite hearing what the other person is saying? I've had that experience too. So it's not just about what happens online, right? If we're not careful, our screen time can create distance in our face-to-face -face relationships. And I think the easy thing to do is just go about our daily lives without stopping to evaluate what's happening. In the meantime, we can suffer these negative effects without even realizing it. Social media promises to help us feel more connected, but the research is starting to show that the more time you spend on social media, the more isolated you feel. A researcher named Jean Twangy led a study that included 600,000 people, including 200,000 teenagers. And the study revealed that between 2005 and 2017, depression among teenagers rose 53%. Now, what do you think is driving that statistic? Twangy and her team point to the ever-growing popularity of electronic devices and digital media. Now, like I said, this message is not a lecture to make us all feel guilty. I believe we need to avoid two extremes. One extreme is to say that all screens are bad. But the other extreme is to say that all screens are good. And the truth is, technology does have a dramatic effect on all of our relationships sometimes for better and sometimes for worse. So I wanna go back to Romans 12 and read verse one again. Let's listen closely to what God has to say here. Romans 12, one. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Now, when I read this earlier, I failed to emphasize a very important phrase. Paul talks about our motivation here. Do you see it? In view of God's what? In view of God's mercy. The motivation is not guilt. It's not fear. It's not shame. Paul writes these words as a follow-up to everything that came before in the book of Romans. In, in those first 11 chapters, Paul explains that all of us are sinners. All of us have done wrong in God's eyes. And because of that, we deserve punishment. We deserve death, eternal death. But despite our sin, God still loves us. In fact, while we were still sinners, Jesus came and he died for us. He took our place and he suffered the punishment that we deserve. And when you accept the grace that God offers through Jesus and you begin a life-changing relationship with him, you receive forgiveness 
and salvation and eternal life. And Paul says, we are no longer condemned and nothing, absolutely nothing can separate us from the love of God. And because of all that, because of Romans chapters 1 through 11, in view of God's great mercy, the only proper response is to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice, to say, Lord, I'm yours. You can have every part of me, my body, my will, my plans, my decisions. I put my whole life in your hands. The motivation is not guilt. It's gratitude. We become a living sacrifice because God has loved us and we want to love him in return. But when we become that sacrifice, we can't take a certain part of our lives and, and separate it. We, we can't say, God, you can have control of everything else, but not this. You can't have this. I heard a preacher named Kyle Eidelman tell a story about the Knights Templar. This was a group of soldiers during the medieval era. The story says that these knights followed kind of a strange baptism practice. When the church would baptize one of the knights, he would be baptized with his sword. But he wouldn't take that sword underneath the water. Instead, he would hold his sword out of the water while the rest of him was immersed. And it was the knight's way of saying to Jesus, you can have control of me, but you can't have this. Jesus, I'm all yours, but who I am and what I do on the battlefield and how I use this sword, that's not part of the deal. Now, if we followed that practice today, we wouldn't hold up a sword. We might hold up a smartphone, though. We might hold up a tablet. We might try to hold up a 55-inch TV, even though that would be a terrible idea. But when you are a living sacrifice, you don't hold anything back. You let God speak into every area of your life. You let him guide you and lead you in the big things and in the small things. So let's take this concept and apply it to the area of technology. We're in a strange time. We, we've been driven to screens like never before. So you might think it's kind of weird to deal with this topic right now, but actually this is the perfect time to be intentional about the habits that we're forming. And I have a simple goal that we can all shoot for. The goal is to keep screens in their proper place. We don't wanna let our screens become idols. You know, we often think of idolatry as one of those temptations from a long, long time ago, but idolatry is still alive and well in our time and in our culture because you can turn anything into an idol. Idolatry is just putting someone or something in the place where only God deserves to be. Only God deserves our ultimate devo devotion. Only God has the right to be the king of our hearts so for just a moment, let's do a quick screen check. Let's evaluate whether or not our screens have become idols. I'll give you several categories. And we can all think about our current situation here in the present, but also where we need to be in the future. Here's category number one. On average, what is the quantity of time that we spend looking at screens? I'll be honest here. I'm personally convicted about this. Uh, when I add up all the time that I spend watching TV, looking at my phone, uh, working on a laptop, uh, it's a lot. And quite a bit of that time is well spent. 
After all, I wrote this message while looking at a screen. Most of you are watching a screen as you hear this message. Again, I'm not saying that this is all bad, but think about the sheer quantity of time that we spend on these glowing rectangles. If you have an iPhone or an iPad, you can go into your settings and get a screen time report. You can see how many minutes you've been on your phone in the past day or the past week. As I looked at those numbers a few days ago, I thought about my life before a smartphone because all that time came from somewhere. So how was I spending that time in the past? What, what was the trade-off here? What have I lost in this process? It's something to think about. And remember, there's a pattern in this world that we don't want to follow. The pattern of the world is to spend a lot of time on things that don't matter very much and a little time on things that matter more. So quantity of time is the first category. And the second one is quality of content. How much of what we take in is really beneficial. Later on in Romans 12, Paul says, hate what is evil and cling to what is good. With all kinds of media, including social media, we will encounter evil. We'll be exposed to lies and cruelty and divisive arguments. We'll encounter all kinds of temptation, including sexual temptation. And the pattern of the world is to consume all of these things with little to no discernment. Conventional wisdom says, and eh, none of that stuff has an effect on me. The truth is though, it's a lot like your diet. If you eat cotton candy every day for breakfast, for lunch, and for dinner, you're not going to be very healthy, are you? Or, or if you drink just a little poison every day, you are slowly killing yourself. So when we power up our screens, what do our diets look like? We have every option under the sun out there, and some of it is helpful and some of it is harmful. So I hope you'll take some time this week to evaluate how you are feeding your soul. A third category is something we may not think about very much, and that's the quantity of content that we're consuming. Years ago, people did not have instant access to every major event that happens around the globe. People didn't know about every tragedy. People didn't hear dozens of heartbreaking stories on a daily basis. And you know, I believe it is impossible for us to carry the weight of every burden in the world. That's God's job. And if you try to take on that role, either the sadness will crush you or you'll just become numb. And we don't want either one of those options. Somehow we have to set boundaries and limits. We need to give our, our minds a little space. We need to be present in our own community. We need to build deeper relationships with the people who are right in front of us. It reminds me of what we read in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8, which says, Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. And that brings us to one last category. What effect is our screen time having on our relationships? Are we able to love each other deeply? You know, I love the way that social media helps me keep up with my friends and my family. I can learn things that I need to pray about. I, I can learn about opportunities where I may be able to help someone in need. Those things are great. 
At the same time though, when we have hundreds or even thousands of online connections, we can't love all of those people in a deep way. That's impossible. When it comes to relationships, I believe face-to-face -face is always better than online. And I don't want my time on a screen to come at the expense of the people God has put in my path or in my home. Of course, the biggest thing to consider in all of this is our relationship with God Himself. How is my screen time affecting my relationship with Him? Is the voice of Jesus getting drowned out by all the noise that's constantly filling my brain? We have so many distractions today. Our attention spans have grown shorter and shorter. But if God is calling us to love other people deeply, how much more do we need to love Him deeply? Now, in some ways, a screen really can help us grow in our love for God. Hopefully, this worship service is an example of that. However, there are times when we need to unplug. We need to engage in prayer and deep study of Scripture. We need to listen carefully to the voice of Jesus so we can follow where He leads. When we really listen, God will transform our minds. He will remake us into who He wants us to be. At the end of the day, this is a hopeful message. Because with God's help, we can keep screens in their proper place. And he will leverage our screen time for our good and for his glory. This week, I was really encouraged when I learned about some of our students here at Plum Creek who are doing exactly that. We're going to listen in on a conversation between Tony Libertori, our family minister, and a group of our students. Let's hear what they have to say. Good morning, Plum Creek. So excited to be again here with you this morning and wanted to talk with you a little bit about social media. And this morning to do that, I brought a couple students that are going to tell us about some positive ways that they're using social media to really encourage the growth of your, God's kingdom and really encourage other, other believers. So I'm going to let them introduce themselves this morning. Go ahead and introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Lainey. I'm in seventh grade at Philip Sharp Middle School, and I've been going to the youth group here at Plum Creek for two years. Um, I'm Calissa. I'm a sophomore at Pendleton County High School, and I've been going to youth groups in sixth grade. Hi, I'm Anna Marin. I am a junior at Campbell County High School, and I've been going to Plum Creek in their youth program since 2016. Hi, I'm Brennan Perkins, and I am a junior at Campbell County High School, and I've been in youth group for as long as I've been going to Plum Creek, and that's my whole life. Well, like I said, I wanted to talk to everybody today a little bit about positive use of social media. And each one of these students has a great story of how they've used this to encourage other people. So students, tell me, how have you used social media in a positive way in the last uh, few months? I started using social media on Instagram when all of this coronavirus stuff started. And I was sharing stuff about Plum Creek and the youth service because we started doing it on Instagram about like go watch the lives for the youth and Tony's going to be on there for every day for a devotional at about one o'clock. So. so I was actually tagged into this like trendy kind of deal where I was sharing our favorite Bible verses. And so I got tagged by a few members of our church such as Elizabeth Mayhew and then Carly Brandon. And so then I shared my own and I tagged people such as 
Michelle and Allie Hall and other members of the church. And then I've also used Snapchat to invite uh, people to our girls group as well as the nightly Zoom calls. I have a group text with some of my friends and most of them are from Plum Creek and then a few are not. But we've been utilizing the YouVersion Bible app and we've been sending each other daily scriptures and we started a Bible plan together. Uh, earlier this year, I started making uh, TikTok videos that are kind of funny, but they also kind of are encouraging and can kind of get everyone to see them uh, just a little piece of uh, scripture or word of advice of how to uh, walk into the, footpr the footprints of uh, Jesus Christ. With the gang, I was the mom, what was you thinking? Remember them days and that was hard and been thinking. I put a phone in a 20 ounce and been drinking. If you were the squad, I'd give you my Harlan, not me, Awesome. And, you know, positive uses of social media can really help influence our generation in, in huge ways. I know, for instance, like Brennan, he had uh, a couple hundred thousand views on this video that he did and, and, and being able to share it through Snapchat and people that maybe you don't connect with all the time. It's just a new way to connect people to this amazing story that God has brought us into. Guys, what are some ways maybe that you've seen the negative use of social media in uh, this day and age right now? Um, a lot of people have been comparing themselves to others. Like some of my friends have done it before where they're like, oh, my pictures aren't as good as like so-and-so's and like they're just comparing themselves and not being the way that God wanted them to be. Um, so with my school especially, a lot of the older and upper class students will post that there's a party going on and then it'll share from one person. It'll go around on Snapchat and like you'll see it on everybody in like under an hour. Um, I've seen people put some negative things about themselves out there and they're just not really positive self-talking and it's kind of it's just putting in negative thoughts when we should be putting in positive thoughts. Yeah, I've seen some stuff like that, just um, like negative comments or things like that on other people's posts. And that's just, that's not good. Cause like, like Anna said, this is all supposed to be for like positive use. Awesome. So if somebody was just starting out and saying they want to do social media to begin with, what are some words of advice you'd give somebody as they're just starting out with social media? I know somebody like Laney, you probably got a way to say, Hey, I just started out. So here's some good things to do. So give me some advice to, to let other people know how, how to get started in social media in a positive way. So, Social media is what you make it. So if you surround yourself with people who are positive and are posting positive things, and you are as well, you are a positive influence on their lives and they are on yours. Yeah, I think you shouldn't get wrapped up with the whole popularity part of social media. It's mostly just for you and your friends and to be positive rather than trying to compare it to somebody else. I think people should not try to get as many followers because it kind of, it just feeds it negativity. You're like, oh, I don't have as many likes as them or I don't have as many followers. Uh, I try to keep it small and not try to talk to as many people as possible. And I just don't post that much because I try not to have a big digital footprint because like that all gets back to you. I would just say have fun with it, but also be safe online. Because like they said, there's a lot of people out there that you don't want to really um, like intervene with. You don't want to um, put yourself in their, in their group. So just be careful, then everything will work out.
Guys, I really appreciate all this advice and talking about the positive ways that you've used it and ways that we can continue moving forward to use it. Uh, I wanna just encourage everybody out there, like social media is a great resource if it's done properly. And these students here have some amazing stories that they've told. And I think that you guys can be part of that story as well. So thank you everybody for joining me today and being part of this interview. I uh, look forward to all the great posts and things that you guys are gonna do to encourage each other. You guys, uh, let's say goodbye to everybody here at Plum Creek. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. That's what I'm talking about. We are living through a time where technology opens up all these avenues for sharing God's love. God will use our screen time to help us lead people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus. But whether we're talking about technology or relationships or anything else, we need to be wise in the way that we live. We need to surrender everything, give it over to God because His way is always the best way. So today, I'm praying that all of us will allow God to transform our lives according to His will. And that could mean giving your life to Jesus for the first time. It could also mean that you take an honest look and see where you might be conforming to the pattern of this world. You know, God wants to redeem our brokenness and our guilt and our shame. But he even wants to redeem our screen time. Let's give him the chance to do that.